Hello everyone, and welcome back to another odd and macabre episode of Vamp Jen's Corner, an extension of my official blog site of the same name, which you can visit at jenvasquez.com. I'm your host, Vamp Jennifer, or Jen, whatever suits your fancy. So on this episode, we're celebrating a very special date in the world of gothic literature, the birthday of Edgar Allan Poe, who was born on January 19, 1809 in Boston, Massachusetts, and died on October 7, 1849, at the age of just 40, under very mysterious circumstances, which I'll delve into later. Countless biographies have been published on the poet, so instead of retelling his life story, I'm going to share some highlights of his career and lesser-known facts about the man. Plus, I'm going to talk a little about Edgar Allan Poe's presence in pop culture. As always, I'll include links in the show notes to where you can find the blog post version of this episode and any relevant links to the content discussed. The American writer is renowned for his horror-filled works, where death plays a major theme. His poetry and short stories have been categorized under the gothic fiction umbrella, and they have also been associated with dark romanticism, which is a sub-genre of romanticism that fixated on the grotesque and morbid. A few of his well-known works include the short stories Lygia and The Telltale Heart, and poems such as Annabelle Lee, A Dream Within a Dream, and The Raven. Part of what intensifies the horror in Poe's works is how he explored the darker side of human psychology through his characters, which is an aspect that really drew me to his writing and I know attracts many other readers. When I was an undergrad, I wrote a research paper on his short story, The Black Cat. And if you haven't read that story, I recommend that you do. I know I saved my essay and I wish I remembered where I placed it because I would have liked to have at least shared what my thesis was, but anyway. The central character of the narrative has a pet black cat that he absolutely adores. Then one evening, the cat scratches him, most likely out of play, but he turns on the poor creature, taking horrendous actions. From that point, the character becomes increasingly disturbed, and there's an insane twist at the conclusion. Critics have analyzed the story from many angles, such as how it delves into mental illness, others have gone into how it's a reflection of Poe's own vice with alcohol, When I wrote my paper, I took a psychoanalytic approach because I really wanted to dig into the character's mental state. And without giving anything away, the ending is horrific. Stories like The Black Cat show how Poe didn't rely on monsters or demons from hell to create horror. In his works, horror is bred in the human psyche, from our own inner demons that plague us. Poe's fiction exposes that humans have a dark side that we try to hide from society, but in doing so, we could potentially drive ourselves mad. I feel in many ways his writing was a precursor to the concept psychoanalyst Carl Jung would introduce regarding the shadow self. And although Poe is largely associated with horror literature, it should also be mentioned that he had a major impact on the development of science fiction and on the modern detective story. Yep, you heard that right. He inspired Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's character Sherlock Holmes. In 1841, a literary journal called Grams published Poe's story, The Murders in the Rue Morgue, which continues to be revered as a great work of detective fiction. It can't be said enough that Edgar Allan Poe was a gifted and innovative writer, and you would think that this man must have made a pretty good living as a poet in the 19th century, right? Well, no, that wasn't the case at all. 
He actually struggled financially for the majority of his adult life, and there were instances where he'd submit a poem or short story to a magazine to be published, and he never received monetary compensation or was paid very meagerly. For instance, Poe had this idea that he'd republish past works in a series of mini-booklets titled The Prose Romances of Edgar A. Poe, in hopes that these would generate sales and some income for himself and his family. The first one to come out contained Murders in the Rue Morgue and The Man That Was Used Up. Unfortunately, it would be the first and last in the series to be published, and it only sold for 12 and a half cents. Can you believe that? Now, get this. Less than 15 original copies survive, and a while back, the Library of Congress insured one of the few surviving copies for $50,000. Then, there's his first publication, which was a volume of poetry called Tamerlane and Other Poems, published when he was probably around 18 years old. It earned him no money or notoriety at the time, but is now worth at least $700,000 as a collector's item. That number was in an article published in 2009 on the Today News site. So being that it's now more than a decade later, that value could very well be more in 2022. It would be his poem, The Raven, published in 1845, that would put Poe on the map. People loved it, and he received a bit of fame because of it. Now, before you assume that it was the raven that took him from rags to riches, I must share that he only earned an estimated $15 from it. However, what it did garner him were valuable networking opportunities such as speaking at lectures and growing a literary clientele. Besides doing what he could to earn money from his fiction, he did generate some income as an editor and critic for various literary journals throughout his lifetime. And even though he was nowhere near wealthy, according to the Poe Museum, he was the first American writer to make a living off of his writing. He may have been barely making ends meet, but he managed to hold his head above water just enough to not have to abandon his creative endeavors for other work or labor. And writing meant so much to him. In the preface to his book, The Raven and Other Poems, he expresses, With me, poetry has been not a purpose, but a passion. Even though many of us are familiar with Edgar Allan Poe, whether because you had to read him for a literature class in school, or because you watched the first Treehouse of Horror episode of The Simpsons, he didn't enjoy any type of celebrity status when he was alive. Although, if he were living today, he would definitely have enough money to buy his own gothic mansion. He didn't receive the praise or recognition like some of our contemporary authors, such as Stephen King or J.K. Rowling. And the truth is, that was a reality for many of the writers of the 19th century and earlier. Many became famous and started earning money from their works posthumously. Such is the case with Poe. And, speaking of his death, the cause remains a mystery to this day. As I mentioned earlier, Edgar Allan Poe died on October 7, 1849. And there are a lot of theories that exist that attempt to explain how he passed. There are speculations that attribute the cause to alcoholism, he did struggle with alcohol abuse throughout his life, but this is the most disputed theory mainly because it was believed he had been sober for the past six months before he died. His death has also been attributed to suicide, rabies, heart disease, and even syphilis. It's also been said that Poe kept repeating the name Reynolds the day before he died, but no one has been able to ascertain who this individual might have been or why he would have been saying the name. 
While there's no shortage of theories about what killed Poe, there are a few facts that are known regarding his final days. So, Poe was a widower and his wife Virginia died in 1847. This loss took a major toll on his mental and physical health and he never fully recovered. He had several romantic dalliances, then he reconnected with a childhood friend, Elmira Shelton, who was a widow herself, and they were to be married sometime in October 1849. At this time, Poe was residing in Richmond, Virginia. Before the ceremony, Sir Edgar had planned to take a trip to New York City and Philadelphia for both personal and business reasons. The last time he and Elmira were together was on September 26th, just a few days before his demise, and she noticed he wasn't feeling well. Despite the state of his health, in the early morning hours of September 27th, he hopped on a boat headed for Baltimore, and from that date through October 3rd, he pretty much disappears from historical records. No one then or now has ever been able to track down what went on with Poe during those few days. On October 3rd, a friend of his named Dr. J.E. Snodgrass found Poe in a tavern in Baltimore, acting deranged, possibly drunk, and wearing someone else's clothing. His whole behavior was concerning. He couldn't talk straight or explain why he was in the state he was, so he was taken to a hospital. He only survived a few more days, never coming out of his delirium, and took his last breath on October 7th. Even the doctor that cared for him couldn't determine a cause of death. To make matters all the more puzzling, his medical records and death certificate have been lost. Nearly two centuries later, his death remains a mystery. Poe was laid to rest at Westminster Hall in Baltimore, Maryland. He was initially buried in an unmarked gravesite there. At the persistence of friends and family, a headstone was made, but never set in the ground because it was destroyed when a train crashed into the place where it was being stored. I mean, come on, even in death, the man couldn't get a break. Fortunately, in 1875, the grave was relocated to a more suitable spot in the same cemetery where a beautiful monument stands to this day, commemorating the poet. Although Poe had passed, mystery continued to surround him long after. In 1860, a woman named Lizzie Doton, who was a spiritualist, medium, and poet, claimed a collection of poems she wrote was spoken to her by Poe's spirit. There was also a woman he was romantically involved with and engaged to briefly named Sarah Helen Whitman. She was also a spiritualist and had interests in the occult, and it was rumored that she held seances in her home. After Poe died, she believed he was trying to communicate with her, so she invited a medium to live with her in an attempt to contact him. It's not surprising that Edgar Allan Poe attracted women with bizarre and macabre fascinations. I mean, that's part of his lure, right? There's also the unsolved mystery of the Poe toaster. It has been speculated that this unidentified figure would visit the poet's original gravesite every year on January 19th between the years 1930 to 2009. The person would leave an unfinished bottle of cognac and three roses. The identity of the Poe toaster has never been discovered, but some believe the tradition was started by one man and later passed down to his son to continue the tradition upon his death. Inevitably, hype around the identity of the Poe toaster grew, and people would wait around Poe's grave on his birthday to try to catch a glimpse of this unknown devotee. Possibly due to the increasing curiosity of the public, the Poe toaster paid his last respects in 2009. But we cannot know for sure why this individual stopped returning. 
Now, I mentioned I would briefly discuss Edgar Allan Poe's presence in pop culture, and he's popped up quite a bit. Let's look at some contemporary references, starting with film and TV. There are quite a few film adaptations of Poe's works that were released in the early half of the 20th century. One I am going to mention is The Black Cat, which was released in 1934 and stars two horror movie icons, Boris Karloff, who is notorious for playing Frankenstein, and Bela Lugosi, who played Dracula. I just found out about this movie while I was researching for this episode, so I definitely plan to watch it. Um, Next, there's The Simpsons. Who can forget the first Treehouse of Horror episode that aired in October 1990, featuring a rendition of The Raven. Lisa reads the poem, and the setting transforms to a dark, brooding house where we see Homer as the tortured lead character and Bart as the Raven. Interestingly, teachers have referenced the episode as an introduction to Poe for students, and I mean, I still love revisiting the episode when Halloween rolls around. Then we have the movie The Raven, released in 2012. Um, the plot reimagines Edgar Allan Poe's final days and is a psychological thriller set in 1849 that stars John Cusack as the famed poet. In it, a killer is committing murders inspired by the writer's works. Poe, along with detectives, tries to track down the assassin. Although the film wasn't received well by critics, I really enjoyed it. Last one I'm going to mention is Extraordinary Tales. I absolutely love this animated presentation of Poe's writing. It had a limited release in theaters in October 2015 and arrived on Netflix the following year. That's how I discovered it. It includes interpretations of The Telltale Heart, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Fall of the House of Usher, The Facts in the Case of Mr. Valdemar, and The Mask of the Red Death with narration provided by Bela Lugosi, Christopher Lee, Guillermo del Toro, and others. The animation is stunning, and I recommend watching it. In case it's no longer on Netflix, you may be able to find it streaming on another network. Poe has also influenced the world of music, from classical compositions to operas to rock songs. Here are just a couple of suggestions that I have listened to and love. There's Nox Arcana. Gothic fantasy artist Joseph Argo is the founder of this group and produces haunting sounds, so it's no surprise he would create an entire album dedicated to the American poet of darkness. The album Shadow of the Raven was released in 2007 and features 21 tracks that capture the gothic essence of Poe's works. I'm going to be honest, I had this album on repeat as I was working on this script because it provided the perfect atmosphere for me to like focus and conjure Poe's spirit. And there's dark cabaret singer Aurelio Voltaire, who has released two songs inspired by Poe. One is Graveyard Picnic, where he references a few of the poet's works and mentions him by name. The other is a track named after the poem The Conqueror Worm on the album Raised by Bats. They're really fun songs to listen to, and Voltaire's a musician who puts brilliant creative spins on spooky themes. I can't even begin to explain how much of an influence Edgar Allan Poe's poetry has had on the goth music scene. There are many bands in the genre that have referenced Poe's poetry. One group, Paralyzed Age, has a track titled Morella's Sleep, based on Poe's short story, Morella. And there are countless others that I can't list here, but that gives you an idea. 
You can even find the poet on clothing. While there is no official Edgar Allan Poe fashion line in existence, there are places on the web where you can still snag cool Poe-inspired apparel. Um, I love supporting small businesses when I can, so I recommend going on Etsy and doing a search for Edgar Allan Poe-inspired wardrobe. Besides clothing, I've seen accessories, coffee mugs, and wall art. I also must mention the Witchery Arts shop on a website called gothichorrorstories.com. The creator, Todd Atbury, has Edgar Allan Poe-inspired clothing and coffee mugs. Now, I haven't had the chance to snag myself a Poe item, but because you all know I love vampires, I did purchase a long sleeve tee with a quote from Bram Stoker's Dracula a couple of years ago, and I love it. It's well made, fits great, and the graphics really pop. And when it comes to the Edgar Allan Poe attire he features, they come in long and short sleeve styles, and there are hoodies. One says, invisible things are the only realities, which is a quote from Poe's short story, Loss of Breath. And the other is a very well-known line that reads, all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream, from the poem, A Dream Within a Dream. The mugs are also really neat and have a gothic look to them. You can choose from either the Raven, the Black Cat, or Annabelle Lee. For books, I want to mention two I have in my personal collection that I'm pretty sure I mentioned in a past episode, but one is a huge tome titled The Complete Tales and Poems of Edgar Allan Poe from Barnes & Noble, and I've seen other editions carried in the bookstore. This one, which was gifted to me many years ago, is more than a thousand pages long and has all of his known poems and short stories and even some of his literary criticism. The other book I have is a really neat illustrated publication titled Edgar Allan Poe's Tales of Mystery and Madness, and it contains abridged versions of four of his short stories, The Black Cat, The Mask of the Red Death, Hop Frog, and The Fall of the House of Usher. The drawings are by Grizz Grimley and are absolutely fantastic, and if you're a parent wanting to read your child some Poe fiction, this could be a fun and entertaining way to introduce them to the writer. Or if you're a grown-up like me that just loves super creepy drawings, you'll like the book. There are also authors who have written fiction stories about Poe, and one is The Raven's Tale by Cat Winters, and it's a fictional reimagining of the writer as a teen. Well, that's my roundup of fascinating facts and pop culture references about Edgar Allan Poe. Nearly two centuries after his death, he continues to inspire and stir the macabre spirit within us all. Before we part, I thought it'd be fitting to read one of his poems, and I decided on A Dream Within a Dream. It's fairly short and is in the public domain, so I don't have to worry about any copyright issues for reading it on air. And it's a truly beautiful poem that shows how gifted and creatively artistic Poe was with words. So here we go. Take this kiss upon the brow, and in parting from you now, thus much let me avow. You are not wrong who deem that my days have been a dream. Yet if hope has flown away in a night or in a day, in a vision or in none, is it therefore the less gone? All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. I stand amid the roar of a surf-tormented shore, and I hold within my hand grains of the golden sand. How few, yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep, while I weep, while I weep. Oh God, can I not grasp them with a tighter clasp? 
oh God, can I not save one from the pitiless wave, is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Vamp Jen's Corner. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can visit my official website at jenvasquez.com where you'll find my latest content and what I've been up to. I've also set up a donations page on there where you can contribute any dollar amount if you'd like to support my work. Funds will go to things like web hosting, equipment, upgrades, and other costs related to producing my content. Any contribution is greatly appreciated. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Jen B. Official. Until next time, stay autumn macabre.